Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, happy new year, and welcome to the TT Podcast. With no road racing, we turn to Peloton fashion this week, giving our unsolicited opinion on the latest batch of pro team kits. Joining me, as always, is my co-host Tom. Tom, happy new year, merry Christmas, happy holidays, how are you? Hello, uh, yeah, happy new year. Um, good to be back. We've been off the air for a few weeks now because there really isn't much to talk about, but excited to be back and talk about a subject very close to my heart, which, as you've said, is fashion. Not much else to do either because, obviously, the whole of England is now back in lockdown, so we better get on and talk about some cycling. Yeah, actually, mentioning lockdown there, it reminds me of um, a tweet I saw the other day from Killian Kelly, uh, on Twitter as at Irish Peloton. He tweeted the other day, I don't know if you saw this, Tom, that the only rider with all the letters of the word lockdown in their name is Lawson Craddock. Uh, I didn't see that, but it makes sense. I can, I'm picturing the word Lawson Craddock now. I can see the word lockdown in there. Yeah, no, I'm sure Killian tested it out and uh, checked yeah. through it. Um, he also tweeted back in 2018, which I remember, um, he tweeted, uh, which again is current affairs, given that, you know, what happened at the turn of this year that we're not going to go into too much detail about, um, is he tweeted saying the only cyclist to have won a stage of the Tour de France who has all the letters of Brexit in his surname is David Echebarria, who won two stages in 1999. Lovely Basque surname. Yeah. That's where um, that X comes in. And that is where our current affairs talk ends, I think. Um, actually, no, let's, let's keep on current affairs. Because about two hours before we hit record on this... Finesse the current affairs a bit, get it onto more cycling. Yeah, some more, more, you know, important pressing current affairs. About two hours before we started recording this, uh, Team DSM put out a very odd statement on Twitter saying that they had uh, parted ways with Mark Hershey. They'd come to a mutual agreement to terminate his contract. And, uh, well, we're currently waiting now to see uh, which team's going to announce Mark Hershey uh, in their roster for next season. Well, for this season. I know it is all conjecture at the moment, but the going theory seems to be that someone's bought him out of his contract. Um, well, we won't know how much they paid, but probably worth it because I think Mark Hershey is the most exciting young rider in the peloton, especially for a, a one-day race. You know, if you want someone, you can take him to a grand tour, and if you've got a lumpy stage, he's your man. He's obviously won one of the classics earlier last year now um, in flesh well on and I think some of the form he showed late season was incredibly impressive well he was up there on a lot of them he was up there in well he won a stage at Tour de France he was up there in a Tour de France stages uh it was did he get a top five in the uh in the worlds as well uh he did yeah absolutely um it was it was that same group of riders just on the front of every race for about three weeks it was um Roglic, Alaphilippe, Hershey, I saw that Jonathan Vortus, who is the uh, the manager of EF Pro Cycling, now called EF Nippo, I think. I feel like we need to get the names right would, because sponsors go, yes. the sponsors pay a lot of money for these, and then I'm still calling you know we're still calling Team Ineos, Team Sky, and everything. Um, well, and you've got to splash out and be the main sponsor, otherwise it's difficult to remember. Yeah. So, um, but no, he he's said he's basically That's ruled not them out official position, but... and he said that. Um, when a big wealthy team comes in and offers a handsome salary to the riders, there's not really much the team can do. Um, and obviously they'll, they, they'll have to pay compensation to DSM for, you know, buying out his contracts and everything. Um, but I'm sure if you've got enough money for it, then it's going to be fine. You won't be too bothered about doing that. 
Yeah, but that that suggests to me, I would assume, obviously, as Hershey had a breakthrough year last year, he wasn't on the sort of bumper contract that he probably deserves now. Um, but that's still, you know, there's probably quite a few cycling teams who can't afford to simply buy riders out of their contracts and then pay them more money on a new contract. Which leaves a very select few uh, that are being talked about at the moment as, as his next team. Um, I'm going to put a name out there who I think his next team is. And I'll tell you why as well. My reasoning, which is completely absurd and makes no sense. Um, UAE Team Emirates. Mm-hmm. On this sole basis, right, is I've worked this through as a Hershey is to Bardet what Neymar was to Messi at Barcelona. You can't this blame... Is a terrible metaphor already. You can't blame Mark Hershey for not wanting to... To be in the shadow. Exactly. To be in the shadow of the greatest the sport has ever seen. And thus, what did Neymar do? He moved to PSG, who are PSG owned by Qatar. Qatar are a golf state. UAE, a golf state. And thus, code crack. And what are your thoughts on Team Bahrain? Not McLaren, but I can't remember the name of their new sponsor either. <laughs> oh, you're going to have to remember it. Well, I can Google it. Team, do you want me to give you it away? Yes, please. Team Bahrain Victorious. Victorious, that's the one. And do you know what? I looked into that and I thought, right, maybe they've got this new, you know, co-title sponsor, Victorious Secret or whatever. I don't know what it would be. But Victorious something. Um, not at all. That's just the word they've gone for. It's obviously them deciding they're going to put their image out as a, a winning team. As a victorious winning nation. The sort of nation who have the resources to pay for Mark Hirschi's services. As a golf state. As a golf state. Yeah. There we go. No, but I think it would be UAE and Team Emirates. We, we've spoken before on this podcast about how, uh, especially I don't think, that they have bolstered their squad enough to support Pogaccia defending his Tour de France title next season. And Hirschi yeah. would be a very, very good name to add to that. Because, I mean, they'd, they'd added, what, Rafael Maika and Matteo Trentin, which doesn't really cut the mustard for me. Um, mm-hmm. Serious question, as we only ever have on this podcast. If the UCI was to organise a catwalk, who would be your headline rider that would be, you know, leading out the catwalk as your headline model on all the posters around Paris? So you're asking me who I think the most attractive rider in the peloton is? No, that's not what I'm saying. If you want to take it that way, then that's you know up to you. This is from a purely business perspective. Uh, yeah, but I'm very torn because I know there are a few good candidates, but they're all people, men, who, who I know you want me to say. Do you want me to tell you mine first? I've already got... I, Other than friend of the podcast, Tom Ad Champion. Oh, yeah. And friend yeah. of the podcast, Harry Tanfield. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we'll put our biases to one side and they'll have to be excluded through no fault of their own. I would like... It's, it would have just to... to the, I think you know, you'd, go with the, you'd go with the world champion. You'd go with Alaphilippe. I was just about to say, the more you ever think this, the creepier it gets. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Alaphilippe was on my shortlist, uh, along with Marcel Kittel mm-hmm. and uh, long hair Peter Sagan. Kittle, not so much. Sagan and Alaphilippe are just poster boys of cycling anyway, aren't they? Yeah. I thought maybe you could also go Fabian Cancellara. He'd be a good one. 
It would be. I didn't realise the door was open to retired cyclists. Otherwise, I obviously would have. Um, right, let's jump into Team Kit then. Right. You we'll mentioned start, DSM. Let's start with DSM. I'll let you go first, and then I'm going to disagree with everything you say. Nice. Okay, that's how it works on this podcast. I'm glad that we're not altering for the new year. Um, <laughs> team DSM, for me, is a knockoff Team Sky kit. I don't understand how the head the title sponsor team dsm dsm has such a colorful logo and decides to go for this gothic black kit uh they've saved it a bit in having these nice glittery scott bikes but otherwise for me no thank you i like it great cool i thought you might it is clearly just a copy of that old team sky kit that is immediately what it looks like but i think that was a good kit um, if you ignore the fact that one team's done it already, I think it does look very good. But you're right; I would like some more color. That logo gives them so many options. They could have had a, you know, just a rainbow kit. And I think they've missed a trick by not just having splashes of yellow, red, and other colors do exist as well. <laughs> See, what I'm concerned about is that looking at that kit, it brings me back to my days of GCSE physics when I was learning about what colors, you know, conduct and hold heat and everything. And I thought, do I want to be, obviously not that I ride for them, but were I Roman Bardet and I'm, you know, in the Tour de France Peloton, it's 40 degrees. I'm heading up Mont Ventoux. Mm-hmm. Black kit, you know. Well, this is something, um, you see it a lot with the, the American football is the place I've encountered it the most. The teams, obviously the USA is a massive country with a huge difference in climates from north to south and the teams that play in the south always wear light colors um partly because because it's obviously much hotter in florida texas california um it keeps them cooler and it forces the opposition to wear dark colors which in turn makes them hotter and they have there is genuine data and science behind that and they they wear their colors by choice to bring that advantage in and i'll tell you what this podcast nothing rings true as genuine data and science that is very interesting and uh completely backs up the nonsense that i just said so i'm very glad you've done that (laughs) (laughs) enough of team dsm let's move on to the headline kit actually should we move our way through and then get onto the headline kit i think we should save the headline kit for as as long as possible you know, push it to the back because there's a lot I want to say about it. Okay. A couple of quirky things that I've noticed in the kits from scrutinizing them closely. Um, Mm -hmm. Yumbo Visma, similar kit, but the shoulders have got this nice honeycomb pattern on them. I think it's them basically trying to shake off this whole killer wasps, you know, vibe that they've, they've got. And now they're just, you know, friendly bees. They're not going to sting you unless they they really have to. It's still black and yellow. (laughs) Yeah, but bees are black and yellow and bees are friendly. You know, I've, I've, um, the one time I got stung by a bee, it was much more painful than when I got stung, than I have been stung by a wasp plenty of times. Interesting. That's an interesting metaphor. So there you go. Maybe that, yeah, that's it. Jumbo Visma coming back even more, I, I want to say not painful because it's not going to be a painful season for them, but, uh, stronger than they were last year. Um, back to like the, the little quirks that I've noticed on kits. Uh, another one is the Decurning Quick Step kit, uh, which has this horrific, like wolf hair pattern in the blue. 
No, I don't know if this is just... I, obviously, they go by the name the Wolf Pack and they're trying to, you know, very obviously allude to that. And another quirky thing that I've noticed, right? Uh, Elia Viviani's Cofidis kit. Mm-hmm. Asymmetrical. In the sense that, obviously, it's asymmetrical because when you cut Cofidis down the middle, it doesn't, it's not mirrored. Um, got back into GCSE physics again, aren't we? Um, but the little, you know, they, they have the previous champion bits on the sleeves yeah one of them and i can't guess which one either it's left or right one of them has italy on it the other one uh europe this is just on viviani just viviani yeah so they haven't got anyone else who's won multiple championships haven't looked into it that far no it's just strange because i'm the uci tend to have very they get really wound up about the tiniest things and sleeve patterns is one of them. Uh, they, they get very tired. I remember riders, especially on TT kits, having their world championship stripes. I think this was probably Tony Martin. Yeah, I remember um, this. And he had it, what, halfway up. He was wearing long sleeves and had it halfway down his forearm rather than on his bicep where it's supposed to be. And, and you know, they find him, I think. And it was just the most petty, pointless, just go and, you know, police something that actually needs policing, not not where the world championship stripes are on Tony Martin's arms. Well, we'll see. We'll see if Elliot gets away with it. Um, it looks quite bizarre, to be honest. Um, the one that usually makes the headlines is EF Pro Cycling, now EF, EF Education Nippo. I've actually got it written down. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't announced their kit yet, obviously building up a bit of suspense. Uh, nor have we seen Kubeka Assos. We've seen Fabio Aru in this quite nice kit that he's been wearing in in, uh, in cyclocross recently. It's like a black kit with a, a black and white design on the sleeves. I don't know if it's going to be something similar to that or whether that's a little red herring they've thrown out. But um, yeah, we'll find, we'll see. Yeah, um, Bahrain Victorious, who, whose name I now know, um, have obviously ditched the McLaren Orange now that McLaren are not a title sponsor or indeed involved in the team at all, I think. Um, and I think they look pretty tidy and they're nice. They've gone for a sort of red trim instead. Um, and I like it. Anything that's not white on the front, I'm not saying that white on the front is bad because it can be done very well, but I just it's just nice to see some different colours. Um, let's get on to the headline kit then, the one everybody was waiting for. Well, there's one I would like to get in before we talk about the headline kit. Go which on. is no longer Mitchelton Scott team bike exchange who have actually, they are now riding the Bianchi bikes this year as well uh, because Bianchi's deal with Jumbo Visma has ended. I think they're switching to Cervelo next year, this year. Um, and so I think they've come up with quite a tidy kit. It is white on the front, but they've got that Bianchi. I believe the color is Celeste, but less turquoise. And I think that looks very nice, white on the front with this sort of greeny, blacky trim uh, with the bike exchange as the main sponsor. I do, I'm do. i a fan of that one as well, obviously on the green bikes as well. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure about the name Team Bike Exchange. It sounds like um, me when I was trying to push that movement for all uh, time trials to have a bike change in them. Um, well, it's not. Yeah, obviously. But uh, I think there's a lot of people I've seen have got a lot of grievances about the fact that um, they haven't exploited the Celeste colour more in their kit. No, but 
I mean, obviously, Jumbo were on those bikes last year, and it clashes horribly with yellow and black. So I think that they've at least tried to work with it more than they did. Yeah, I think people have got to appreciate as well that it's not Team Bianchi, is it? It's Team Bike Exchange. No, they're, they're riding Bianchi bikes. Yeah. Push the colours of the title sponsor, who I imagine are giving them a lot more money than the bike sponsor is. Yeah, I mean, well, I know that Mitchell, Mitchelton Wines, I'm pretty sure, are owned by um, Jerry Ryan, who is the main benefactor of the team. So it's a shame to see the big alcohol sponsor out of cycling promoting your drinking while you ride. But um, we've still got some dodgy sponsors, don't worry. We've got uh, the Grenadier, which is a three point something litre diesel six cylinder engine sat up so high that you can't see kids riding on bikes when you are when you're riding on them when you're driving produced, produced by the world's biggest petrochemical magnet or whatever jim ratcliffe is these days yeah one of the largest producers in the world of uh, plastic pellets ineos mm. uh, famously uh, not good the various gulf states getting involved yeah throw your money in good for the sport but probably some questionable practices yeah that's why we need you know quick step flaws everybody needs some flaws everybody intermarche. needs intermarche wanty concrete yeah love concrete yeah jumbo supermarket you know nice wholesome uh, wholesome uh, Visma, i believe are a norwegian tech firm so they're fine <laughs> <laughs> right we could do this all day let's not ag2r citron la mondiale is what it says on the kit of ag2r la mondiale citron tom what's it's, your thoughts on that kit it's absolutely superb and i'm you know what? The the jersey is so good, you never even have to talk about the shorts again. Finally, the shorts are not the main talking point. I think the the way they've splashed the sponsors across the chest with um, Citroen in red, um, whichever graphic designer they employed to do that, it is so simple, but it looks so good. And it's just Citroen. It's so quintessentially French. I, I love it. Yeah. The thing is, I'm not sure... Um, Brown shorts, very happy with. Um, the jersey, I'm not so... So the jersey, I don't know if you know, it's the, the old age to our kit, it was blue and brown to symbolise the colours of the sky and the earth. Uh, this kind of very elemental kit. Whereas now they've scrapped that and they've got this whole white kit with age to our La Citron Mondial inscribed across the front of it. Um, obviously, I, I appreciate it because it's a bit of a middle finger to the traditional conservative cycling kit that we see. Um, especially in France. Especially in France, um, which I'm always welcome to. Uh, I'm always welcoming to. But um, you know what? I think they could have done better. Keep the blue, but then don't keep the blue. Because it, it, yeah. I don't know. I'm a huge fan. I think that Citroen, more than Renault or Peugeot as well, are just such a symbol of France. Um that I don't think they could make it more French unless they replace the helmets with berets and <laughs> some garlic in the, uh, in the back I want, pockets. I want, I want the team car to be a two CV. <laughs> um, if you like that kit so much, where, where do you stand on fans wearing pro team kit? I have no problem with it. Uh, it's no different to buying a Barcelona shirt with Messi on the back. I've got so, in, in, in any other sport, it's completely acceptable. Some, for some reason, people have issues with cyclists wearing pro kit. Yeah, this is the thing. I think, I mean, I, I stand with you on that. I think it's, um, it comes from us. Obviously, we both come from a football background, a football mm -hmm. upbringing. And it's very, very common. Like, I, every birthday and Christmas since I was a kid, I would get full football kits. And that was like the go-to. Um, whereas now, 
in cycling, there's this massive taboo around around pro-team kit where it's like, you can't wear it unless you're rid of the team. I I think for me, I I make two exceptions to it, which Mm -hmm. are the world championship kit, not the world champion kit, and the leaders and leaders jerseys. Yeah, but I mean, that's that's different because the world championship jersey is a prize. It's like, it would be like making your own Olympic gold medal. Um, and it's the same with the lead. The leaders' jerseys are specific to a race. I've got no problem with someone cycling around in yellow, but if they're going to get a full, you know, sponsored with Credit Leon A or whoever sponsors the yellow jersey and everything on it, that's a bit strange. Yeah. Okay. Good. I I, I think I agree with you on that. But in the same way, like, if you want to wear a yellow, yeah, it's uh, yeah. If you want to wear a you know yellow jersey, good on you. Polka dot. Actually, I've always wanted a polka dot jersey, so uh, I might have to eat my words and delete this podcast when it goes out if I end up getting one. Oh, polka dot's fine because it's funny. Um, I'm going to push you, Tom, to... I mean, if, if it isn't already obvious, what is your favourite kit of all the kits we've uh, we've seen so far? <laughs> That's a good question. It probably is the AG2R. Yeah? I really like the jersey. I do. Uh, now, I mean, there's a few good kits from last year. Like, I do like that jumbo kit, yellow and black. I think that is... It's refreshing to see it's different you can pick them out straight away it's annoying in the tour especially when they've got Roglic in yellow um although it's actually easier when they've got Roglic in yellow because then at least you know it's one of that train it would be annoying if you had someone else in yellow separate from all of them <clears throat> but it would be nice if they would do something like EF did at the Giro and because obviously EF um wear pink and the leader's jersey the Giro is pink uh, maybe not turn up with something quite as uh, revolutionary as EF did at Giro, but a nice one-off kit for the tour to not be wearing. It is a bit strange when you wear the same color as the leader's Jersey. Yeah. I, I think I start, I agree with you on that one as well. It's, um, it's odd. I was going to say it's disrespectful to the race. I don't know if it's disrespectful to the race, but it's like just us watching at home, you know, like, well, you know, we're, we're getting helicopter images. We're looking at specs on the road, make yeah. it clear for us. Who's in the, uh, Who's in the yellow jersey? Who's in the pink jersey? Who's in the I red mean, it jersey? Was, it was a different shade of yellow, but... Uh, That's what they'd argue. Yeah. Anyway, I'm glad you mentioned the um, EF Rafa Palace kit because that comes into a quiz, Tom, that I have prepared for you. Of course you have. It's been a while since I've done a straight-up quiz for you. This is a classic five-question quiz, five answers. Multiple March choice? Out of five. Uh... Yeah, there's a couple of multiple choice ones. Good. There's one multiple choice one. That's what I like. You ready to get cracking? Yeah. Prepared. Question one. Garish Kit brings one name to mind. Mario Cipollini. Which of the following is not a design of skin suits worn by Chippo? Okay. Option A. A muscles skin suit that's the soft tissue not the seafood yeah um, got that option b completely gold or option c tiger print completely gold you're saying that's the one that he hasn't worn that's the one he hasn't worn ah, you're right great start great start to 2021 tom not anywhere near garish enough all one color is it no yeah that's uh i actually I came up with that and I'm quite disappointed I hadn't come up with something a bit more convincing now. 
Um, question two. EF Pro Cycling made headlines with their Palace collab at the Giro in 2020. Mm-hmm. What was so special about the helmets? Oh, I've seen these helmets so many times and I just can't picture them now. Were they... Did they incorporate the duck into the design of the helmet somehow? Oh, I'm going to need to be more specific, please. Oh, it was like a duck beak or something. I'll give you that. Yeah, it was... A, the, the helmet was effectively a duck's head. Okay. I do remember them, yeah. Two, please, I got that right. Yeah, two, two, out, two. Two, two out of two. That would have been quite embarrassing because that was actually only a couple of months ago. Yeah, um, no, I know. And it was huge. Question three. On the topic of animals, what animal was on the back of Team Sky's kit in 2018? Team Sky. Oh, it must have been a lion. Why'd you say a lion? You just—that's a complete stab in the dark, isn't it? Yeah. No, think. But let, let, let's let's think through this logically because I don't want you making silly answers. 2018, who won the tour? Geraint Thomas. Can you picture any of his stage wins? What kit was he wearing? Um, what were teams Sky promoting that year? But I'm. Oh, they were Ocean Rescue. So not, not a, a beast of the sea, the lion, is it? It is. Could be a sea lion. <laughs> <laughs> is that your final answer no it must be a whale of some sort some sort of air breathing swimming whale dolphin thing killer whale oh no you've fluked it <laughs> yeah it was a killer whale um yeah. which or an orca yeah an orca technically not a whale but we'll leave that debate to our know, friends they are, the sea life podcast no, they're a dolphin. I thought they were a type of porpoise. We're not qualified to make these claims on this podcast, Tom. I've been to SeaWorld. I've seen Shamu before it was um, before everyone hated on SeaWorld. It was like 12 years ago. So I, I'm an expert. Oh dear. Tom, you're going to get us cancelled if you're making claims like that. Yeah, this is before I watched Blackfish, so it's fine. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> that is three out of three on the first quiz. Well, I, think, I, think probably, I think that's probably a two and a half. No, I'll give you that one. We got that together. When you said Geraint Thomas, my first thought was whale's dragon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a whale. Uh, mm, I was thinking of a Welsh dragon. Interesting. That's quite similar to my my UAE, Qatar, Neymar logic there. Mm. But um, we got there and it makes sense in the end is the main point. Question four. In In the 2019 Tour of Flanders... Mathieu van der Poel wore white bib shorts for tactical reasons. Why did he wear them? 2019 Tour of Flanders. I honestly have no idea, unless it's a heat thing, like you mentioned earlier. No, it's not actually. No, there's no, nothing, nothing scientific. I didn't think Belgium about. in April would be that hot. So. <laughs> there's nothing scientific about uh, white bib shorts making you go faster over cobbles either. No, um, I don't know. It off puts the riders around him. Not quite. Um, he wore white bib shorts because it was a way of distinguishing between him in his Dutch national jersey and Bob Jungles in the uh, Luxembourg jersey. 
yeah. in the heli in the helicopter shots. So it meant that they could the uh, the team cameras, the team but team car and everything could shout uh, tactical orders at him. Apparently, they had issues in the Dwarves door of Landerin, uh previously that year, and decided that he'd ride in white bib shorts for the Ronda. How considerate. <laughs> Good. I've caught you out that one. So you're on three out of four so far. I think if you get four out of five, that's a very good showing. Three out of five average comes down to this last question. In 2009, AG2R switched from blue kit to their now iconic brown bib shorts. What percentage of Tour de France stages from 2009, including 2009, have been won by riders wearing brown bib shorts? What percentage of stages? I want I want it to two decimal points as well, please. <laughs> um, I'll give you a bit of leeway, but yeah, what percentage of stages since two thousand and nine, including two thousand and nine, have been so won? Who's won stages with AG two R? Must I mean Bardet must have not as many as you'd think. Pierre Roland up Alpe d'Huez was he with AG two R then? I'm not giving you any clues on this one. Okay, so there are 21 stages a year, which means between... So in a decade, there must have been 210 stages. Okay. Um, let's say they've won... Uh, I might need a calculator here <laughs> to try and work this out. I want you to give me what... No, I'm not going to go through my working because that'll be more embarrassing when I'm inevitably wrong because I've got no idea. I don't think you're allowed... You're not allowed to use a calculator. Put your phone down. Put your phone down. Tom, put your phone down. 3.8%. 3.8%. Yes. I am going to give you a leeway of 1%. Right. You're wrong. Uh-huh. Nah, one percent's not fair. Look, the answer is two point seven eight percent. Round that up. <laughs> um, they've won seven stages out of a possible two hundred and fifty-two. How have they been two hundred and fifty-two in ten years? Well, including two thousand and nine as well. <laughs> There's twelve. Twelve Tour de France tours de France that they've ridden in brown blue okay. shorts. I'll give you that one. <clears throat> no, 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 no. I don't. I don't need your pity. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, fine. Three out of five. How do you feel I'll about that? Sixty percent is pass. You, you seem to be quite happy with that. Yeah, definitely a better performance than usual. So I'm uh, quite looking forward now to hopefully getting some quizzes on on current road racing rather than AG2R's performances since 2009. Uh, I do need these cyclists to get back on the road and start racing uh, although i have to say we we have been watching a bit of the cyclocross over the winter i do enjoy it but it's not quite the same get walton matthew van der Poel back on the road tom in the meantime where can people find us on the socials uh as always they can find us on twitter and instagram at ttpdcst I think that's the correct spelling. It's been a long time since I've said that, so uh, I really have to think about that one. TT Podcast, uh, all the vowels yeah, taken out. TT Podcast, without any vowels. Excellent. And then look forward to 
not me doing most of the tweeting because I can only tweet when there's live racing on. Tom, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Um, glad to be to be back underway with the TT podcast for the new year. Um, we will catch up next week and hopefully have some some more information, a bit bit more on maybe here she's signing to to, to bring to people. Uh, again, our unsolicited opinions on these 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 happenings in the cycling world. Until then, take care uh, and uh, we'll, we'll speak soon. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next week. Bye.